Welcome to the Manifesting Clarity Podcast, the show that empowers you to unlock your full potential and create the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Jen Roth, and I am beyond grateful to be here with you today. This is one of my soul, soul, soul sisters who I'm so excited for you to meet today for you to discover, for you to laugh with, for you to play with. That is what we do most. Um, Joan, go ahead and share who you are and what you're up to in the world. And then I'm stoked to ask some questions about how you got to where you are and really excited to hear and see what's going to come through today. And and where are you in the world? Let's start with where I'm at. I'm in Rockport, Maine, doing a writer's workshop called Thinking in Book at the main media workshop. It focuses on art and creativeness, book, film, bookmaking, photography. I'm here for a week and immersed in this writing course because I'm writing a book called Hellbent. It is a crime mystery novel and its main character has Down syndrome. And my teacher calls it auto-fictional because it interweaves fiction as well as real-life stuff. And I had a sister with Down syndrome, and she's definitely real-life stuff in this book. She is (laughs) what makes it tick and makes me laugh, and I hope others will learn what beautiful gift people with special challenges have through this book and through her. Uh, who is Joan Arendt? She is Joan Whalen Arendt. Um, she's almost 64 years old and very blessed in the life she has. As I said, I'm currently writing a book. It's a fun book because I get to make shit up. And I've written five other books, four children's books, written and illustrated them, and then uh, adult self-help book called I've never made a mistake once I thought I did but I was wrong and that is all about managing life's storms with a perspective that is powerful and humorous and the book gives you a lot of tools on how to get through the hard stuff and manage those curveballs. I am married with two wonderful living children, and I had a daughter die who would be, uh, she'd actually be 28 in Christmas. So, and to answer the question of who am I, there's so many, so many layers to that. And Jen and I were talking about grace and offering yourself grace through your day-to-day doings. And I wasn't, I didn't offer that gift to myself as much as I do now. And I wish I had the knowledge that I have now back then, because giving yourself grace certainly gets you a lot further in life than not giving yourself grace. And I've traveled and lived around the world. I volunteered in Uganda, Bolivia, El Salvador. I've been to Russia. I've been to, lived in Switzerland, Belgium, England. I've been blessed with the opportunity to see other cultures and other ways of living. And all over the world, we don't give ourselves enough grace. And 
if I could change my first name to Grace, I would do it. Just call me Grace. Nice to meet you, Grace. Hi. Oh, hi, Grace. What would you call a guy if you were calling him Grace? Grace. Grayson. Maybe Grayson. So, yeah, we don't need to be gender specific. We can just call everybody Grace. Yes. We were in the pool a couple of weeks ago down at the Broadmoor. There was the sweetest little girl in her floaties. I mean, just precious. We yeah. said, hi, what's your name? She said, sunshine, without a, like, not even questioning at all. Yeah. Like, I am going to respond to that from now on. I exactly. Just opened my heart. I was like, yes. That's awesome. So Grace is going to be added to the list. My the- name is Grace. So I was really excited for you to come today from Maine as you are a world traveler. And I know that that for me is, it's like reading a book. You get to a new chapter, you get to a new page yeah. and you're seeing a yeah. whole new perspective. Yeah. And if you didn't have that, we wouldn't know. And we wouldn't have the right. idea of being able to give ourselves the grace that we do. And time does that for us as well. And experiences and unfortunately hardships, right? is not... Yeah all going through them. And yet they teach us so much how to have compassion and grace. Where out of all the places that you traveled, is there one place in particular that has your heart more than another? You know, I've asked myself that question many, many times. And I would have to say the answer is no. When I was in Uganda, the poverty and the hardships and the just the sadness and the difference in the way they lived and the way they survived was heart-wrenching. And yet these people, not always, but were joyful and thankful and laughed and had this sense of life that I really can say I've never seen it anyplace else in the world. And to have that as a survival technique was that was one place that was one of my favorites because of the people and their sense of survival but not only survival i i think humor is a key tool to survival and the ability to change your perspective and the ugandan women that i worked with i volunteered for with my children they were the role model for that. I could tell you story after story. We took 60 of them to a hotel to go into a swimming pool and they had never even seen a swimming pool before. And then we bought them swimsuits and they'd never, they didn't know what a swimsuit was. And they went behind the curtain to change and came out with the swimsuit on top of their bras and girdles. And, you know, They weren't embarrassed. They just laughed. They laughed and laughed and laughed because of the joy of the experience. So that's one place. If I could say another place, it would be Italy because of the beauty and it's easy. Like going to Italy is easy. Sometimes I like the easy way out. (laughs) Glass of wine, good food. Uh, enough people that I can speak my Italian and they can speak their English and we can get by. I don't have to walk a mile to like these women in Uganda to get to work. 
I don't have to live in a grass hut. Uh, so Italy was wonderful. Colorado was another place. And even here in Maine, I love the connection with the water, with the ocean and the lakes and the sense of peace that it offers me. Wash away is all my there. <laughs> yeah, well, and peace and ease is really what it's all about, right? And that yeah. we gain and we get from grace, which is so fun that you brought that in. Yeah, We can give that to ourselves as a gift and choose to wake up in the morning and go be in the water and meditate on the rocks like you have been yeah. doing in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and that said, I realize being here is not uh, reality in the sense of don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. It's all, everything's taken care of for me. And so that said, I think it's also a reminder for every one of us to give ourselves that gift of grace and escape. Like Colorado, you can go sit by a stream wherever that escape is, where that meditation is. And in fact, my writing is my meditation and it's my opportunity to be still because Jen, you know, I don't stop and (laughs) it's important to stop. Uh, I love to exercise. I love to be part of life and the activities of it all, but it's nice to have a place to give myself grace even if I'm at home in Colorado and go sit by a stream or meditate or do the sound bowls, you know, you offer some great workshops where you offer that to people to take the opportunity to slow down and connect with self. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. So when is your earliest recollection of writing? I, hold such a huge space in my heart for getting to know you as an artist, getting to experience being in your space, in your co-creation. That's how we met was through Small Business Association and you building all of these phenomenal gifts that you get to put out into the world, the books, your art, your creativity on so many levels. I've learned yeah. so much from you and it's a super special place. My mom is also an artist who who you know. To see you honor it and allow it to flow through and to watch you step into your authenticity. There was maybe some transitions of caretaking and being a mom and being a sister, being a daughter, having so many major transitions in your life. Mm -hmm. And I was only there for a portion of them, but to see you blossom into this part of who's Joan and what she up to and how does she get to express herself um, and to watch your books come to fruition and get to help you put a couple of them on Amazon. And yeah, we're getting, it's getting there. When did I first start writing? There's two periods in my life that stick in my mind as far as my writing and my art. And my art uh, was in when I was five years old in kindergarten, I won a contest for a, a drawing and crayon of Santa Claus and his reindeer. And I still have that and I still have the ribbon. And the reindeers look like the sticks that got hit by a car. And Santa Claus has not eaten in probably five years. So the fact that I got an award 
not going to question, but that was one. And then the second time for writing, and I think this is important for all you listeners, to not give up. I remember in English, maybe it was, I think it was high school, and I had, and this happened over and over, I had a paper, it was about a golf ball and its adventures after it got hit by a golf club. And you can relate to that, given your family history of golf courses and your great expertise in golfing. But I wrote this whole story about how this golf ball felt about getting hit and then where it went and how it felt about landing in the dirt and so on and so forth. And I thought it was awesome. And my English teacher slaughtered it because I didn't pay attention to sentence structure. I didn't pay attention to periods and crossing the T's. And now at almost 64, I love to write. I recognize that that was always a creative part of me. And now I know how to do it. In college, I flunked basic English and I had to get a tutor. Uh, But it wasn't because I couldn't write. It's because I didn't cross the T's and dot the I's. And college, uh, oh no, when I got my master's, I had a professor yell at me for a paper that I did. And the point with that is I've written and illustrated five books. I'm on my sixth book. Don't give up. (laughs) Sometimes there's lessons to be learned. And maybe in my case, I needed to listen and I've listened and I'm successful with my books and my tapping into my artist side. And in fact, the book, I've never made a mistake once I thought I did, but I was wrong, which is a self-help book with humor. I wrote that while I took care of my mom who had Alzheimer's and my sister who had Down syndrome, Alzheimer's and uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. So it was therapeutic and it's been printed and it's helping people and it was joyful for me and it helped me at the time. Yeah. And where does that inner knowing come from? Was it a mentor? Was it always inner self-talk? Was it really feeling internally the struggle or a a sense of perfectionism or something? There were so many hurdles for me along the way when it came to writing and you're like leaping over them, it sounds like, seeing them coming, not caring about sentence structure. You know what? I feel like it's actually coming probably from my grandma. And anytime I would stop to ask how to spell a word or ask her how to spell a word. She would have me go to the dictionary or so would my mom sometimes. And I couldn't, I was like, what, why, why do I need to go to the dictionary? I just asked you for it. I'm, I'm like, really exactly great for learning, but yeah. I'm a people person and I learn from being mm-hmm. ideally in an environment with other people. Uh, not yeah. that I wasn't in school, but I felt like it was more of a, like me against writing or I need to figure out how yeah. to do this the most professional way. I don't know how yeah. I want to know how, like I wanted to run away from it. Yeah. yeah. And that's fair. I mean, I, I, I feel for you and I understand exactly why you wanted to run away from it. And so if I understand you right, the question is what kept me going despite 
the what pushed me down. Yeah. Um, so if you you experience the road bumps along the way, you experience some rough parts of the river where someone may have yelled at you, someone might have what was yeah. the story with your with your golf ball? I I love this so much. So w- one paper that I did write that I loved was for a golf course, oddly enough, and I absolutely love that you have this. Of course, you would write up about the ball and how the ball felt. Whereas I was writing, so interestingly enough, that I learned from my grandparents etiquette in golf and how etiquette in golf oh. relates to life. That's, that's funny. I did get a scholarship from it, though. That was that was a big deal. That's awesome. But it was there was something there, right? Because my whole yeah. life was from living on golf courses, in golf courses, and the business of it, and the family of it, and the, all the aspects of it. Yeah. And so I saw that, and no, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally something I relate to, which was fun for me to write. Whereas these other things were like, oh my gosh, I would have given anything for ChatGPT back then. Yeah. So true. So true. So I guess there's many layers to what kept me going. I think addressing what keeps me going now is um, it's part of my soul. And I think it's always art and being creative and tapping into that creative side has always been one of my coping skills. Um, I, I exercise a lot to manage my stress and uh, I to find that still spot it's my art and it was the one thing that nobody could take away from me and being raised in a family with eight children in a three-bedroom house with not a lot of money you know or I'm listening to stories about poverty and blah 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 which is all real and true but I never felt like we were poor despite three of us in a bedroom or, you know, we had always had plenty of food, even though it was hamburger helper (laughs) and spam. But going back to family, you learn to have a tenacity when you're the third youngest out of eight and a sense of survival. And I think that you can keep tapping into that as you age because that's what you've got. That's what, that's, that's what you can hold on to. Nobody can take that away from you. And even now I'm not in a whole new chapter of my life, but I'm definitely turning pages of my story. And this book I'm writing now was always something in honor of my sister, Lori, who is the main character in some ways in this book. But Sometimes I don't even think it's a question of what's keeping me driven. It's there's nothing going to stop me. Yeah. And I, I love it because when it is what lights us up, it, we don't stop, right? We keep, yeah. Yeah. We keep going and there's no, yeah. there's no turning the volume down on it. There's no, no it, way to stop the messages that keep coming through and right. they- louder and louder and they get clearer and clearer. Like it just made my heart so happy when we spoke last week and you're like, I'm on my way to Maine for a writing workshop. Yeah. Because it's who you, it's one of your major expressions and helping people and traveling and doing this, but there's a difference too, because you actually 
complete it and you bring it to fruition. Whereas so many creatives in the world, all of us entrepreneurial type spirit get stopped along the way. I was actually speaking to a person in a group who said, um, Allison J. Prince, who I believe you and I both know to some extent, she says um, to her groups and people all the time, kick fear in the teeth. And I love it because it's like sweet and yet like to the point right away. Like let's knock the teeth out. And there's a woman that I was speaking to in that group who is stalling in the fear and not moving forward. I feel like I have experienced a fair amount of fear in my life. And yet it's sisters like you, it's amazing people. Right. And we keep taking that next step and sharing, expressing, growing. You've been there through some very challenging times in my life. And I'm so, so grateful to have someone who doesn't have the judgment, have someone in there who, because of all of your experiences, you're able yeah. to hold and your heart and your spirit of, of who yeah. you are as a person. And, and so that light that comes through, and then there's the humor and joy that comes through. So you all have to go check out her book. I have only made it through about the 20th page and I gifted it and it's flying out into the world. I'm waiting for the audio version. Um, Someday I'll, I'll support you in bringing that to fruition. Jen likes audio, just so you know. It's not the book. No, not the reason why she only Nothing to do with the book. All of my children's books, she's breezed through because there's lots of pictures. It's so true. Andrea, a dear friend, wants to write a, a children's book right now. And she's in love with Slumberkins. And I said, I think we got a project for Joan. Yay. So, Jen, you said something that I think is important. One of my quotes that I live by is sometimes impossible is all you have. And so if you believe, and I do believe that some things are impossible. I am not the kind of person that says anything's possible because I miscarried nine times. We had a child biologically and that was possible that for me to birth a second, a third child, because our second child died, died um, she was stillborn. That's, it wasn't possible for me to have a child and another child. So we adopted and I'm totally blessed and totally grateful for the children I have. Um, but sometimes impossible is all we have. So the tenacity that I have has come from all the roadblocks that I've had. Uh, I had a tumor when I was in fifth grade. I lost a brother in sixth grade. I lost a nephew to leukemia when he was six. My father had major health issues. I lost a child. Now my philosophy, I'll be damned if anybody's going to stop me because I've been stopped many times and get out of the way. (laughs) And I don't say that selfishly. I just say, offer yourself that grace and offer yourself that opportunity. And yes, there's a time and a place like my husband and I raised two children, but he traveled all the time. So it's not like I could go. 
here, son, you're six, feed your sister who's two, I'm going to go to Tahiti. They knew that when they were not good, I was going to Tahiti, and they actually said, who is Tahiti? Well, and that's not child abuse, folks, because uh, <laughs> I would have found a sitter. <laughs> I would have gone to Tahiti, but I would have found a sitter before I went. Well, and what did you do during those times? What did you do to cope and to to get through those moments? Because you were you were on your own. Yeah, I was on my own a whole whole lot. Um, I wrote in a journal. I exercised. I I painted. I um, did mixed media. I wrote my books. What's interesting about my writing is I love to help other people. So I helped myself by helping other people. I wrote a book called Slumps, Bumps, and Triumphs uh, because of a loss of a friend of ours who was 13. I wrote the I've Never Made a Mistake book while I was taking care of my mother and sister with the hope that it would help somebody else get through the hard times. I also lived with chronic pain for nine years, um, and there's parts of that, one of the chapters in the book, because I wanted people to understand. I gave birth, and then I had an abdominal hernia, and nobody caught it, and for nine years, I couldn't, at times, sit, sleep, or stand without severe pain. Uh, looking back at all that, I'm like, oh, but... <laughs> You had to get through it somehow, and life throws you those curveballs. So getting through it meant funneling down what I wanted and what was my survival technique, believing in myself, giving myself grace, and also knowing that it's not always going to happen here and now. It's it, You have to give yourself time. You have to give yourself space you have to give yourself the realization that maybe not today maybe not today and I remember writing in my journal I actually wrote a, a diagram um, of me in the middle and feeling so trapped just trapped because I had my husband Doug traveled all the time I had two young kids I lived in a mountain community where to go see or connect with people you had to drive 20 minutes or forge through a snowstorm and cross-country ski climb over rocks not really that part's made up um but sometimes it felt like those bigger obstacles well and so, I love what you said and I've heard you say this when we've been on hikes or with others in the world because there's definitely two choices in this world there's one of victim and there's one of, I'm going to figure this out. I'm listening to my yeah. heart. I'm going to take the next. And yes, I believe that we're all victim playing in the martyr victim role for periods of time, but it's recognizing it and how quickly we maneuver out, right? Like drawing that photo or that picture mm -hmm. of yourself in the middle and feeling and expressing that, getting that energy moving. Well, when my daughter died, somebody said to me don't die with her and it's what I wanted to do at times 
that would have been the easy way out. And uh, thank heavens I had a husband to pull me up by the bootstraps and a three-year-old son that would walk up to me and wipe my tears away and then go back to his Legos. You know, I had a circle of support. And that's also how I got through things is a circle of support. And it it takes a lot of people to hold you up at times. And um, I think that's important to understand that sometimes you just can't do it by yourself. you got to have the support of others. And, and also, excuse me, but don't give a shit about some others. <laughs> you know what? There are people that are going to pull you down. They're going to say you can't do it. They're going to say you suck. Um, you don't. You're learning. You're growing. Give yourself grace. And no, nobody's got it right. That's what being human's all about. Yeah. Oh, this, there's a song that I've been listening to recently. I'll find it and give it to you, Jacqueline, so that we can put it in the show notes for everyone. But it is something to the effect of we're all, we're all making it up. We're all making it up as we go. And when we realize that and get to surround ourselves with other people who are also making it up and play, have the humor and have the creativity and get to paint a new picture every single day for ourselves, write a new script and story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the power of play and the power of creativity. It doesn't, like, go back to when I was five years old and my reindeer looked like toothpicks gone rogue. Um, You know, that's what life's all about, is just messiness and being able to say, this is what I got. And if this is the impossible, I've got a lot. And as you said... You can choose to be a victim or you can choose the other approach. And the victim route doesn't work. And there were times where, you know, I wanted to play that role. But then I looked in the mirror and went, I don't like that me. Yeah, you feel it in your body as you're sharing a story or you're doing something out in the world. And then all of a sudden, like Ugh. I, I think that was that could be the last time I share that story. Yeah, what, what am I? What am I bringing that back up for again? Right. right. I got to wake up to Dr. Joe Dispenza's videos on YouTube this oh. morning, and it was so awesome. To I just love that I am immersed in it, and you have also gone through clarity training and work as well as so many other trainings and experiences as teachers and yeah with those that are differently abled, which I love these beautiful spirits in our world. And yeah, we get, we get to choose every single day and some days it doesn't feel like it. And the, there's a lot that's going against us biochemically inside, especially if you just Mm -hmm. had a baby, especially if you're processing grief in some form or way it's, it's real. You don't need to sweep it under the rug and what a gift that that person said that that stuck with you, which is when your daughter passed away, don't die with her. And how many of us are walking around this planet half dead or somewhere yeah. else, not even yeah. in vitality? Well, and I think it's important, you know, yes, you have the big stuff, the, 
don't die with her. Um, but then you have the little day to day that can beat you down and pull you uh, emotionally into a funnel that is not where you want to be. And one of my sayings is zero to 10, how much energy do you want to expend? I try and look at each hurdle or thing that's tugging at me and measure. You know, it's like baking a cake. How much energy do I want to expend? If I, as you said, I don't think I'm going to play that story again. Think in book, think in essay, think in story, like you just so wisely said. Do I want to spend a lot of energy in this story, in this reality? Whether it be being mad at the guy in front of me because he's on his cell phone and the light has turned green. How much energy do I want to put in that? Not a lot. So why do we? Or as you said, again, do I don't need to tell this story again. Yes, that person was toxic to me, but I'm just increasing and feeding that toxicity by telling 20 people the same story. It's like, let it go. Be free. Don't let it weigh you down. So having these challenges, having all these different experiences in your life, what's one or a couple things that you do personally for yourself in your marriage, but that also keeps you and Doug where you are and how you communicate? Because there's been many situations where you and I have come together and there's been a lot of people and couples around us who have chosen to go to separate ways or have experienced and not made it through the rough parts of the river. And and you guys have made it through quite a few rough parts of the river. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Jen. One thing is we've been together almost 40 years and we still love each other and like each other. Not always like at times, but that's okay. I would say don't be afraid to go to counseling because it's easy very, very easy to see your side and get stuck in your cesspool. Um, And we all have our own cesspools. So going to counseling helps you realize, hey, my way is not the highway, or my way is not the only way. And then also give your partner grace. Um, We're all just trying to figure this out, as you said, Jen. And, you know, uh, there's not there's things i do not like that Doug does. And there's things that I'm sure he doesn't like about me, but we give each other grace. And our biggest, most successful tool in our marriage, I believe, is communication and humor, the two together. You know, just laugh through it. My circle of support are my husband and two kids. Girlfriends are extremely important in the abstract way, my writing, my art, my exercise. I think there has to be a balance between the mental and spiritual and then the physical. Uh, And so all of those come together to, in writing today, we talked about a wheel and the, the main character being the hub. And I am the main character in my life I'm the hub or the where the spoke comes out and then the rest the spokes are what keep my wheels turning so those are the circles the spokes and there's a lot of different things in there quiet time 
sleep, eating well. There's a lot of spokes, but people like you, knowing that you give me grace and love and acceptance and humor and lightness, you know, that's huge. And you don't, you don't fade out of my life. Like you, I believe that you and I will be there for each other. And I think that's important. Have that uh, solid sense of others sometimes. And some others, you know, that's just life that they come and go. But I think it's important to have people like you in my life because of your knowledge, your sense of clarity, your work you do, the way you care about people. It makes me so happy. So, so, so happy. Um, And for those who are artists, for those who are uh, writing, have you self-published? Have you used publishers? Just kind of a quick, I know that's probably a very long um, piece, but are you open to having conversations if people are interested and curious? Absolutely. So I am self-published and I'm my own illustrator and writer. I did use a illustrator to look at my work and make sure it was uh, that a banana looked like a banana. <laughs> because sometimes I, my perception or my abilities in drawing were a bit shaky. I also had an editor. I also had a, had a writing coach and I have a writing coach now. I didn't do these books by myself and there's a lot of resources out there that'll help you do what you want to do, whether it be writing a book or climbing a mountain. Uh, I've done both. So if you want to call me, let me know. Oh my goodness. So, so, so fun. We, we should do a, a, a laughing, a laughing and healing retreat at some point with uh, guided, guided laughter, I believe. There you got a snort and a wheeze. And um your own signature. The reason I thought now that you made me laugh, but there's literally a video out there somebody sent me of a TV show where it got a French TV show where it got all these people together to laugh with unusual laughs. Everybody's laughing. It's just a therapeutic experience. And I think we should all laugh more. I totally agree. I totally agree. And unfortunately, my laugh sounds like a squealing pig. So uh, I don't know if you're going to use this, but. We'll find out. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so who you are. It makes Uh, really, really, really happy. It so is who I am. I've tried to change it and snorting, stopping a snort is can be deadly. Oh my gosh, I hope you all are having as much fun as we are or wondering what the heck is going on. And then you need to come meet both of us and hang out. Right. right. Exactly. I'm in Colorado with Joan. Yep. Yep. Or read my books. Read yeah, my Joan, books. where can people find you? Where can they buy your books? Where can they reach out to you? Uh, well, as soon as Jen and I figure out the hurdles of Amazon, you can find well, you can find most of them on Amazon. Um also, you can go to joanarrant.com or you can email me at joanofart at joanarrant.com 
which if you don't capitalize it, it's Joan of Fart at joanarrant.com. And that, my dear listeners, is why that email address was not already taken. But the good news is you won't forget my email address. True, true, true. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for coming to us from Maine in the middle of your writing retreat, infusing us all with inspiration and joy and love. Thank you for your grace, your humor, your zest for travel and art and creativity. It's such a pleasure to know you. And I hope everybody runs over and grabs your books and reaches out. Let us know what you thought about this podcast this week. And we're really excited and cheering for you all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. One of the most generous things you could do at this moment is head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review this podcast if it touched your heart or helped you in some way. All of us here are wishing you a phenomenal day filled with love, abundance, and infinite possibilities. Until next time.